What's up, everyone? Welcome to From Hurt to Healing, the podcast all about stories of overcoming adversity. My name is Daniel, and I am joined today by Michelle Tuthill. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm great. How about you? Good, good. Could you, for the audience, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? My name is Michelle Tuthill, and I work in the Indiana office. Um, I've been doing this CPS for 12 years in December. That's a long time to be with PureStar. That is wonderful. Congratulations on that. So I, th- I thought we'd start today, if you wouldn't mind, if we went back a little bit to, you do have a story for, to tell today about overcoming adversity. So could we start, maybe you take us back to your childhood and from there, bring us forward to present day. So the mic's open for you, Michelle. It's all you. Thank you. Um, When to start actually with before I was seven, I actually had a very normal childhood. Um, I did things like regular kids, uh, no problems. And I was very loved and it was great. Um, When I turned seven is when I started having um, mental health um, symptoms And I started to have a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety um, over whatever. Uh, It didn't matter. Um, You know, whether I got picked for the the dodgeball team or whatever, that was a big deal and I had anxiety for that. Or if it was something little, it didn't matter. Um, As I progressed in my age, um, nobody really recognized that I had anxiety. Um, They thought it was just a regular uh, thing that I was going through that was just part of my quirks of who I was. Um, When I turned, when I got older, I started showing signs of bipolar, manic depression um, when I turned about 16, 15. Um, Unfortunately, the way I got help is that I tried to commit suicide and I went into the hospital. Obviously I told my parents what I had done and they took me straight to the hospital. And, um, from there I was diagnosed by a psychiatrist there saying you are definitely bipolar for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I took the test and everything else and I spent about 30 days in there, you know, just trying to figure out what to do and what was going on, what medication might help, what therapies might help, you know, different things like that. Right. Right. Um, I got out of the hospital and unfortunately a person I was dating for two years decided to break up with me over it. And that was just such a heartbreak. And I was going through so much. Um, but through therapy and uh, good medicine, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was able to um, have non-symptoms. I still was bipolar, yes. but I didn't have the symptoms of bipolar. As my time progressed, I spent a lot of time in the psychiatric units when I was a teenager to about my 20s or 30s. Um, I spent my time in a number of places. I don't I was just confused. Um, my symptoms kept coming up. The medicine stopped working. I mean, it was just a total mess for a while. So so how did that, if, if we could just stop right there for a moment, how did that uh, 
these numerous inpatient uh, occurrences that you had in high school, how was that impacting your uh, academic life, your social life in high school? Was it affected uh, a number of ways. Um, I found out I was dyslexic also. Okay. So on top of dyslexia and a mental health <laughs> diagnosis, um, yes. as some of you may know, um, your concentration is horrible. Mine was, I can't say for, speak for everybody, but my concentration was horrible. Um, the number of psychiatric units that I was in impacted me because it was just so frustrating. It was the most frustrating thing. It was just like, okay, you know, I'm on track now and then things would happen. And then the ball started rolling in the bad direction. And it's what right. way. And, um, you know, then I'd have another stay and it was just, it was just frustrating. Did you, you have, know, did you have positive supports during that time? Like peers that were friendships or family were, were, were there, did you have those people that were helping you during this time or were you alone? in this? I did not have a uh, positive support. Um, I think people just didn't understand, right. you know, I had friends, but we didn't talk about issues. We, you know, just did regular kid stuff, Sure, but they weren't supportive as far as my mental health was, you know, if I was depressed, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, they didn't tell other people, Oh, Michelle's feeling X, Y, Z, you know, they would just say, okay. And then change the subject. Okay. My parents, um, unfortunately didn't understand either and they didn't know what to do. And, um, we didn't have a lot of open communication in my family at all. Um, we talked about like, maybe how was your day, but on a superficial level, mm -hmm. So unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of supports. Um, I was in and alone, it seemed like. And I mean, I already felt alone having the depression part of the main, uh, main depression. Yes. I already felt alone. And then I felt it was confirmed because people would avoid or not talk about things. And what, what period was this? Like, uh, if we're looking at a time frame, was this the 80s? early 90s where, where were we at with this just curious about 1987 88 okay yeah and and, and again it, i i remember during that time that uh that mental health was definitely not perceived at that time the way it is now more kids these days are or youth are in uh seeing a psychiatrist and so on it's 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 still there's still a stigma but i remember in the 80s that uh you know, the counseling was not, if a child had a problem, it just, it just went, you know, that was just it. And we moved forward. There was no, well, let's go see Dr. So-and-so about it. So, right. Okay. Well, especially at the age of seven, um, nobody really looked at that. That was 1977. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and nobody really looked at that as anything, you know, but like I said, quarks, you know, it was a cork or, you know, whatever, or just calm down or what's wrong with you or, right. you know, but there was no real help out there for seven-year-olds. No, no. So where are we at uh, uh, high school? You, with one of these inpatients, were you, you did, did you graduate and were able to go, and you said this continued into your 20s too, and this, a lot of these inpatient stays. 
Well, the amazing part is I got into a program for marketing and uh, I excelled in it. And they were, nice. they, I, I got to say, they were understanding of things. And, you know, when I was hospitalized, I'd still do my homework and everything. And uh, I ended up making a high honorable in my senior year. Wonderful. And I became the student of the year that year also. So that was a good year, <laughs> 1988. <laughs> yeah. But um, 1987 and 89 and et cetera, we weren't that great. But um, it was amazing because, like I said, my concentration was bad. A lot of it was role playing, um, different situations in marketing. So I was able to do that and not have to read and try to concentrate on reading. You know what I mean? But that was amazing. That was truly amazing. But uh, I went on to college and I flunked out of like three colleges, you know, just because I, I just couldn't do it. I, yes. The concentration was just horrible. Um, I was still going to psychiatric units um, occasionally. And, um, you know, that would disrupt my my college learning also. Right. So, um, yeah, when I was in college, that was that was just something I couldn't do at the time. I was just wasn't capable. Okay. So where did you go if you, you as stated you, you flunked out of three colleges. So what did you do as far as uh, were you, did you say, hey, I, I've just got to go to it and, and get to get a job? Uh, or or what, what was the next step then? Uh, yes, I did get a job. Um, I had a couple of jobs actually. Um, I had a job for a couple of years and then I got into some trouble with, with my mania. Okay. And, um, we won't go into that, but okay. I had numerous jobs after that. Um, I just, my mind wasn't there. It, I wasn't there. Um, after a couple of years, I ended up going on a disability because okay. I just couldn't keep a job in my, um, illness had become worse yes so you know that's that's kind of where I was at then okay so the disability when was the when was the decision I guess when you, you you've been with Pure Star for 12 years so when was it in that period being on disability where you were you found out about Pure Star or was there was there something prior to Pure Star that led you to Pure Star? There was a friend of mine who somebody suggested to her about being a peer specialist. Okay. And I'd never heard of what that was. And okay. she explained to me what it was. Okay. And then I did some research and I lived in Delmont at the time. I did some research and I found somebody who worked for Pure Star. And they told me all about the program and would you be interested in, you know, what have you. And um, yeah, I ended up getting a job at Pure Star from that interaction with that person. Um, I did commute for an hour each oh, wow. way. Um, I wanted to make sure that I liked Indiana, first of all. Yes. And that I liked the job. So I spent a year commuting, you know, just to make sure. Just make sure. And uh, it ended up that I simply adore my job. Um, and I made the move to Indiana. I made the commitment. 
Nice. So, yeah. So what do you think, uh, being, being with a, with a peer support company, how it's uh, impacted you and your mental health and how you've impacted others. Could you maybe go from both sides and give us a little bit? Um, peer star and being a peer specialist has boosted my self-esteem for sure. Nice. My self-esteem was just, it wasn't good. I felt like terrible about myself. I thought I was a terrible person, you know, because, you know, I wasn't like everybody else. It seemed like I didn't have anybody to relate to. Um, But being a CPS really helped my self-esteem a lot. Um, It helps me to stay focused. It gives me a goal in my day. Um, And I get to help others, which I get out of myself and I help other people, which I don't know about you all, but I get it, it full of my head. You know what I mean? Like when I'm by myself and sitting alone, all I do is think, think, think. And it's, I don't think that much anymore. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but it's just done amazing things for me. I, I, I've never had a job like this where I've been so enthusiastic and happy. Yes. I'm very, very happy. Um, the way it's helped other peers is because of my confidence, it shows. And when I relate to another peer, they get inspired by me. You know what I mean? Like, I I can't believe, you know, it's just like me, you know? Sure. Um, But it also, we, we troubleshoot, you know what I mean? We go into, like, they say, you know, I have X, Y, Z problem. Well, let's talk about that. What kind of coping skills can we come up with to help you through that? And, um, you know, a lot of times people progress, you know what I mean? Through me and therapy and, you know, what have you, but I'm a part of that. You know what I mean? It's just like, I have a part in somebody's life and a positive part of their life instead of this doom and gloom, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's impacted a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, uh, you know, I, I've had some past struggles with uh, mental health and, and so on, and it it makes you feel alone. You feel like no one understands you. You're the only one. And then when you, I, I think one of the breakthroughs for, for me, uh, which relates to what you had stated, was once you realize that there are other people that are, have similar struggles in life and you're not alone, you're just like, wow, you, you feel a sense of, of normalcy because for, I mean, the majority of those struggles with my mental health, I did not feel normal. I, I felt so out of place. And with peer support, when I had gotten into peer support like you, it, it was, uh, you know, others, with, again, with those similar struggles, but we're like, you are at a better stage with your recovery and, and myself. And then you're helping individuals try and get to where we're at. And it's just, it's so rewarding. It, it, it truly is. And uh, 
I think for like your story, like it, it made you confident. It, it gave you focus, goals. It increased your self-esteem. I mean, that's that's wonderful for for a job to to make you feel that way and to give you those type of rewards. And uh, I guess my question would be: you you've been at this twelve years. Has there ever been a sense of uh, have you ever felt like we're working in the field of mental health? So it can, there are periods where you can burn out. Have you ever got, have you gotten to that point? I mean, that's 12 years is a long point. Or do you still have that fire in you like you had from day one? I have to admit there were a time or two where I was burned out. You know, <laughs> it's just like, ah, you know, <laughs> um, they didn't last for long, the burnout, you know, and um, they came few and far between. I mean, I, I, I can remember twice, you know, okay. um, I'm so enthusiastic about my job and I love it so much. It, it doesn't seem like work sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just right. a natural thing, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that's what helps me from burnout. Well, that's what you wanted. I mean, I, I think that there, there's some saying that uh, your job should not feel like work. And that's, that's how mm -hmm. you know that you're at the right place. So right. apparently you're at the right place. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. So um, do you have any, I guess, words of wisdom for anyone that is, that is still struggling or, you know, just isn't in that right place yet? What, 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 what would you say to someone that, uh, you know, is experiencing or has experienced something similar to your life? What, what would you say to them? Um, first, I'd, I'd give them encouragement and say, you can do it. You know what I mean? You can, you can, um, I, I'd say get a goal in your day. And it's like really rewarding because you get to mark off what you did in that day. You know what I mean? And it really helps the self-esteem for a lot of people. Um, you know, just keep going, you know, just uh, go with the flow, try not to overanalyze and think, 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 and, you know, everything else, just relax. You know, there's people here to help you. Very nice. Relax, go with the flow. And it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, Michelle, it was great having you on today just an amazing story that you've had for us. I, I love it. I, I love the fact that uh, struggles at seven years old and here you are today and just being able to be this confident, focused, goal oriented, full of life and self-esteem woman that is, uh, is helping others move forward in their recoveries. It, it, very inspiring. Thank you. You're welcome. And I am Daniel, and I want to wish everyone uh, a great week, and we will talk to you later.